A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Hello and welcome to the Rogue Chronicles, where this week's villain is Dr. Hannibal Lecter. A very interesting character, to say the least. And joining me today, as always, is the Clarice Starlin to my Dr. Hannibal Lecter. It's Liam Hall. Hello, Liam. Hello, lads. My boys, my boys, my boys. It's so good to be back on this podcast. It's been a while since I've been talking to you, Carl. I mean, it's probably been only a week for most um, listeners, but it feels like it's been a while. Been years, been years. But today we have a very special guest. And... Perhaps the, the Will Graham of this podcast, <laughs> Mr. Nathan Greenaway. Hello, Nathan. Hello, hello. Liam, are you more uh, Jodie Foster or Julianne Moore? We need to get that out of the way immediately. Oh, I, I I think I prefer Jodie Foster. I, 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 I've always loved Jodie Foster, to be honest. He's, he's always got semen on his face, so I would say Jodie Foster. <laughs> Jesus, Carl. <laughs> 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 Where did that come from? Oh my god! It's in the movie. She gets like this, this psychopathic guy's like, uh, like wanking. He's off. probably and never like, even watched it, knowingly. Um, he does the whole Rahul on me. He does. Wait, is it? Wait, is this in the first film? Which, which, which yeah, since Silence of the Lambs, the guy's like uh, Was... wanking off, and this. then he just like um, then he just like Spider Man's through the bars onto her face. Um, yeah, you, you think of all people, I would, I would remember that. But um, <laughs> no, that, that's quite surprising. <laughs> oh well, shit. Shit, there uh, we go. What a start. He's, he's blown it already. So he's, he's never seen, he's never oh, seen films, has he? Well, 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 well done, Carl. Well done, Carl. But I mean, Liam, uh, Nathan tells me he's done notes. Notes. Yeah. So, I mean. We don't do notes. What is this? You've actually prepared for this podcast. You, you, this is your guest appearance, and you've already put in more effort than we ever have. <laughs> Find notes where I've actually got is like eight tabs up. And one of them's just uh, Gaspard Luliel's face, who's the guy who plays Hannibal Lecter in Hannibal Rising. Mostly because I don't know how to... I, no, no way I was going to remember his name unless it was right in front of me. No yeah, offense yeah. to, to the, the Frenchman. I think you do quite a good um, pronunciation, though. I I I, I would have gone Gaspard Ulier or something. I don't know. You're probably closer to right than than I am. Uh, it's probably safest that I just don't attempt it at all, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your track record, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. But I, I have to admit that's that's the one film I haven't seen yet. So I heard it wasn't very good, so I've always given that one a bit of a wide berth. But I've seen all the others and the series. Have you have either of you seen the series? I've seen bits of it, but I hate it. I've seen. Yeah, I, think I quite like it actually. I, I really got into it. I think I saw the first like two or three seasons and i got to a point that was it there's only three seasons anyway i mean i had a girlfriend who was really into it so i i had no choice but to like it and watch it anyway really (laughs) (laughs) something i thought was actually all right and i mean um i'm sure we get onto it but i think um hannibal lecter in that tv show series is actually pretty good i think yeah matt mickelson is great in in everything and he did play an excellent hannibal but he was like Mm. the bright spark but for me that series was just just garbage after a while. Did you know yeah. he was um, originally uh, a gymnast? Mads Mikkelsen. He does look fairly live. Mm. 
Yeah, just a little fun fact for you there. Yeah, I must admit, I enjoyed the first two seasons, but season three got a little bit a little bit weird in the way oh, they I, sort I, of I, uh, produced the, the show, I must admit. I, I, I didn't even bother with season three. I saw, I saw the end of season two and I was like, you know what, I think I'm good. It just became a bit... Like, the annoying bit was just where Will Graham would just walk into this ridiculous crime scene, stand there for a second and then just be like... I know what happened. It was a guy dressed up in like a robot dog outfit and he mauled someone. And you're like, how the fuck do you know that, Will? Who knows this stuff by just shutting their ass? <laughs> they never explained his powers. It's like Dexter. Like, it just doesn't make any sense sometimes. Yeah, you leave Dexter alone. I love Dexter, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll start with Nathan. What what was your first um, sort of dealings with Hannibal? Did you come across the character first? Was it through the books or one of the movies? Oh, I don't know. I think it's just always been a part of me. Um, That's scary. I, I, I probably saw <laughs> I sort of film first, probably Science of the Lambs. I don't really remember. Uh, I read like a couple of the books, but I think I probably saw the movies first. So, I was really like. Obviously, more anti Hopkins was my Hannibal, whereas some older people might remember Manhunter with uh, Brian Cox playing Hannibal for one movie. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like the movies. I like Silence of the Lambs. I like Hannibal. Uh, Red Dragon kind of flies under the radar a little bit. I don't think it was that that popular movie, but it's still pretty great. Uh, so, so yeah, it's got to be anti Hopkins, isn't it? Yes, yeah, same with me, Science of the Lambs, Anthony mm. Hopkins. And I always find it's a testament to the to the character and the portrayal that it had such an impact, even though he only got what, about fifteen minutes of screen time in the in the whole film. It's crazy. So it's mm. like the Hannibal other than the Hannibal movie actually Hannibal, like the character himself is never really the main part of the story. He's just like the puppet master, really. Yeah. Mm. But he, 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 go on. Well, I was going to say, that's kind of his, like, that's his most dangerous trait, really, isn't it? Because obviously he's a cannibal, but his mind is something else. Yeah, it, that's what makes him so interesting. I mean, he's a psychopathic serial killer that likes to eat his victims, but, but he's also... He's got very refined tastes. He's super intelligent. He's, he, you know, he's cultured. He likes classical music. He likes art. It's, <laughs> it's a, a very interesting character. He, he's, he's a bit like me. He's kind of, he's very fucked up in the head. But he's, very <laughs> he's, he's a bit like you. You come across super well on a podcast, but you are going to eat your guests afterwards. Pretty much. I mean, I've I, I tried to eat Carl many times, and most of the time he's, he's enjoyed it. But sometimes he, he's less keen. <laughs> I don't even know where he's going with that one. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, um, I think I think my first experience was, um, I think it was actually the TV show. Because I, I, Jesus, I mean, I, I'm, I'm only 14, unlike you guys. So um, <laughs> I, I, I think I saw the TV show first, and then I saw the film, and. Um, I, I do like both of them, but um, I, I, I think... Uh, also, I've only seen Silence of the Lambs, unlike you guys. Um, I kind of heard that the other ones were not as good. I didn't really want to ruin it for myself. They're still good movies. They're not... Science, Science of the Lambs is kind of a different tier of, of kind of movie uh, with the fact... I think it did win an Oscar. 
mm. I think. I think it won Best Picture that year. I don't remember now. He got uh, the Grand Sweep, I think. Got all the major awards, I think, which yeah, is yeah. very strange for a horror film, let alone any other film. And uh, Best Actor Award for Anthony Hopkins for, as I say, about 15 minutes of screen time. Which <laughs> <laughs> is mad. It's it's crazy. I know there's a, I think it's a Judy Dench movie. I can't remember which royal she's playing, but she's only in the movie for like eight minutes and she got like a Best Supporting Actress nominee or something mm. crazy like that. I think, it's Victoria. I think she was playing Queen Victoria. Yeah. I might be wrong on that. But, Sounds uh, like the right one, yeah. Yeah, she's only in it for eight minutes, which is crazy. So it does happen. And it, that's just, it's fair, if you get your scenes right, you don't need these characters all over the place. You definitely don't need ha- um, Hannibal Lecter all over the place in the movies. Even in Hannibal, he's not, he's, He's in the key scenes, but a lot of the time it's like he sent either he's sending letters or he's on the phone and you're not actually seeing him. Although he does have more screen time, obviously. But I think I think you would you would do well in to watch Red Dragon and Hannibal if you want to complete the set. They are good movies still. Mm, okay. I mean, I, I'm sure um, Anthony Hopkins is absolutely brilliant in them. Um, he's great in everything. Yeah, I don't think he quite replicates the scale of performance from the the first film in the in the sequels, but um, he's he's still good in them. Mm. If that makes sense, I just well, think well, his performance in Silence of the Lambs is, a, is another level. If, if we think about Silence of the Lambs, he, he's not even really kind of the main villain. I mean, for most of it, Buffalo Bill is kind of the main villain. Um, oh yeah, definitely. He's just kind of in the background. You know, it's, it's like when. Um, Whenever Thanos is kind of in the movie, he's not the main villain, but he's kind of like the overarching villain, which I always found quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, he he's up to something in Science of the Lambs, and uh, but he's mm. just playing playing people off against each other. Almost he 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 gets off on it on like controlling people, and that's why he ended up becoming a doctor. Yeah, um, because he's he's then in control. He 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 hates being disrespected. Um, yeah as well which is a key thing that's the only way to really rile him up the guy the character is so composed and so controlling but if you disrespect him or anyone else as well that he likes then he kind of loses it which is quite a weird trait Mm. he's super manipulative and you get more of a sense of that with the series actually and mads mickelson's performance because you get to see him before he was arrested and when he's actually um sort of counselling and uh, doing the psychiatric stuff on people. He's not yeah. always he's not always helping them to their best interests. <laughs> no, he's very much playing people off just to kind of he he kind of just ends up at a point in the series as well where he's just fucking with people to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not even for any point <laughs> like at all. It's just the I'm just gonna say this, convince you to do this and just see if you do it. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And he almost gets a kick out of it. Is is it the film Hannibal when he when he kills um, a member of the orchestra for playing a bum note or something? Yeah. Am I remembering that right? Oh it's, God! It's, it's at the start, and it's like a theatre thing, and they're talking about how one of them got is dead, um, but also kind of like at dinner. I think they're at a dinner party, and they talk about how this it's got to be kind of a lost it a little bit wasn't playing so well and there was it's heavily implied that hannibal killed them because he just wasn't happy with how they were playing <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny <laughs> and that's when he's on the run isn't he he's in spain 
Yeah. Sp- Spain or Italy, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. I think it's pretty sure it's Spain. And then I think it's Spain. That one, it? Yeah. It's that one cop who is talking to Clarice. Has there ever been another Clarice? Like just in real life or in fiction? In what sense? The name. Oh, that's a good question. You know yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I imagine there must be, but yeah, it's not it's not a name I've heard much. If, if like your name is Clarice, tweet us at rogue underscore opinion. <laughs> yeah. <We've>, there's, <laughs> there's a drama series called Clarice, apparently. No idea what it has. Oh, it's based on Science for Lambs. Oh, okay. I never, I never so there has a, it still, still hasn't been another fucking Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a bit like Wendy then, is it? Um, made up for the story. But well, there's a whole restaurant train called Wendy's. If, if you didn't know Wendy, yeah, but uh, Wendy um, was made up for Peter for the Peter Pan novel, yeah, and then became before. a popular name. So, guys, I, I have found other um, Clarices. If you'd like to, um, if you would indulge me for a second, of course. Oh, here we go. So, <laughs> the, the protagonist of Clarice Bean series is a series of children books. Oh. Um, Clarice Ferguson, who's a Marvel superhero. And Clarice the Reindeer from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And those are the only other three. Reindeer called Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> of course, who doesn't know, you know, Dasher, Prancer, Vixen, Clarice? <laughs> Clarice. <laughs> this is where you find out all of them are based on Clarice Starling. <laughs> oh, God. You, there's one thing, actually, what I, but I, I always find quite interesting about um, Hannibal Lecter, particularly in the first film. Like you kind of, you almost want his like approval because he's so smart. Like you know, you you kind of want that kind of validation from him. Uh, you I, I don't know if you, you forget that he's such a bad guy when he's mm. talking because you're so engrossed, and a lot of that's down to obviously the writing and the performance from Anthony Hopkins, but also the character in general when you get into his traits. He convinces you that my God, what the hell was that? Jesus, Carl, What's what up? are you doing? Uh, I'll buy my window. It was probably a van going past. I wasn't. I didn't think it would pick pick too much sound up. Sorry. From inside a truck. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but you forget that he's actually a cannibal and a psychopath and a serial mm. because of the way he talks. Very much. We were talking about to a lesser scale. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or not, but it was. Um, uh, Liam mentioned Dexter. It's almost the same thing if you haven't seen the movies, but you've seen some of Dexter. When he's just in his family time, you forget, oh shit, this guy's a fucking serial killer because of the way they kind of like buy you in with their manipulative personality. Very much like Carl. Yeah. Hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> just because you heard that van going outside your house that I'm in, staking you out, doesn't mean I'm doing anything weird. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. I think it's also about the in in Science of the Lambs, although he's being he's being a manipulative dick and he's very much getting off on the fact that they have come to ask him for help. He is also helping the FBI. Mm. So how bad can you be if you're willing to help the FBI? Exactly. <laughs> FBI can never do anything bad as well. No, nope. he's just a big cuddly teddy bear that's misunderstood. <laughs> I mean, I like to eat a few kidneys here and there. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> why did you guys not? ever have a period where you would um, imitate Hannibal Lecter? Like you just say Hannibal Lecter quotes? 
I don't think there's ever been anyone who's watched the film and not ha- not gone. It's a car pay. The car pay. Yeah, well, there's the what are they fava beans, whatever they're yeah. called. Yeah, yeah. Liver with some fava beans. Yeah, there's that. There's there's that one. And then who wouldn't just sit at home wearing a Hannibal Lecter mask? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's pretty much a, a, like it's the shape of mine and cars get up in fairness. I mean, <laughs> One of the things that makes me laugh about the series is uh, when he has like some of the police and his friends around for dinner and they're talking there and they go, oh, this meat's really nice and tender. Where, where's this from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a, it's a special, special leg it is. <laughs> oh, Liam, if you've not seen, you've not seen Hannibal, the movie, then no, um, okay. there's the great, there's the, the, the other bad guy in that movie whose name I can't remember now. But it's a guy in a wheelchair who's been massively disfigured because of something Hannibal did to him when Hannibal was his therapist. Yeah, I'm played by uh, Gary Oldman, isn't yeah, he? In that film? Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I can't remember his name either. Oh, it's uh, brilliant. But, uh, Google his name. Yeah. I think he's played quite well as well because he's brought oh, into the. That's it. Yeah, he's brought into the series as well. I quite like it. I quite like the series version of him as well. Yeah, because he wants obviously revenge on Hannibal so he's a super rich guy who's going kind of above the police even though Hannibal's obviously top of the FBI's most wanted but he's also trying to buy off people to get information on where Hannibal is and uh, it's a pretty good story for the movie but that dynamic is excellent as well mm. things are, I'm, I'm looking at like Hannibal and like everyone kind of sounds you know I mean the cast is good Biddy Scott has proven to be a good director at some points like it sounds like it, it. It sounds like a really interesting film. You know, Ray Lolita going up against Anthony Hopkins just sounds like a lot of fun, to be honest. And Gary Oldman as well. It's a, it's a good movie, and I think it's only it's only like hour forty five, two hours, I think. Yeah, it's not. It's not super it's not long. Like super long. So it, it is a shame. It is a shame Jodie Foster didn't reprise uh, Clarice. I think that might have been a little extra. Well, she wanted too much money or something. Don't think she was keen on reprising the role, to be honest, from what, yeah, from what I, I hear. I don't know why as well, because these are all based on the books. Like they've only done the four books or three books. Yeah, four books because of Hannibal Rising. So they've not even ventured out of the written word of Thomas Harris, I think, is the author. Mm. So uh, like, I don't know why she would have done just decided to bail, especially since she made was, so much money. She, um, she was scared of um, Anthony Hopkins, though, wasn't she? How can you be scared of Anthony Hopkins? All he does now is is dance on Instagram. To be fair, that, that is pretty terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen but, The Two Popes? Yeah, I have actually. Great movie. I have not heard Some it. Really. Yeah. It's on, um, on Netflix. It's on Netflix, yeah. yeah. You're already paying for it. I think the last thing I saw him in was um, a terrible Transformers film. Terrible! How oh. dare you, oh, young so man? Carl, don't don't even try and defend this movie. Jesus, it's fucking awful. It's it really is. Actually, going off that, how, have either you um, read the books? I've read a couple of them. What Transformers books? No, no, no. But... <laughs> yeah, oh, I love the Robert Optimus Prime. Still subscribe to Transformers Monthly. Oh, Jesus. He doesn't. Yeah, uh, I've read two Ooh. of them. I've read The Science of the Lambs, the book, and then Hannibal. Oh, okay. Because I, I hear the... 
I hear the film was very, very different from the novel. Um, well, at least, at least Hannibal is. I, I can't speak for um, Science for Lambs. They have changed some bits, obviously. Like Hannibal's kind of more in the books than he is in Silence of the Lambs. Uh, but they've not they've not done that much to it from memory. I might be completely wrong on that. Okay, you have to change some things uh, from the box whether to to make a certain scene more entertaining or more logical or for time can can time or budget constraints. And there's usually things yeah, mm. that have to be caught changed for one reason or another. I think another obviously the character of Will Graham. Uh, is is quite interesting. He's obviously he's in Red Dragon, and then he's in he's all over the series. Um, in the movie, he doesn't have superpowers, um, but he is Edward Norton, so I feel like that ev- evens out. Does a bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's another one where Hannibal's not the big bad guy, and uh, even though he did try and kill Will Graham right at the start of the movie. Okay, I'm changing that. no and then he's locked up in prison and once again it's kind of like science of the lambs where the the red dragon the serial killer uh is on the loose but will is then having to go to hannibal to ask for help even though hannibal just tried to murder him at the start of the movie and he tried to do that because will worked out hannibal lecter was was killing people and uh, Mm. also you kind of like the TV kind of TV series kind of follows a very similar vein to kind of that film, but yeah, basically Hannibal's basically, killing, yeah, killing all these people, and it takes Will basically till the end of the series to sort of work out it is actually Hannibal. It might even be series two. I don't know. I don't know. It's a bad show. <laughs> I don't know. I quite liked it, but season three was a bit iffy. But I like the first two. That's just me. Lower expectations, I guess. But they do, it feels like in Hannibal, um, especially, they, they do try and make him a bit of a an anti-hero. What, what do you think of that sort of approach? In a, in a way, I agree, but I more think he's kind of just very refined chaos in that he's trying to work out things that are happening, although he does clearly like Will Graham and, um, and Lawrence Fishburne and whoever else is in that show. Um, he's also just fucking with everyone for his own entertainment a little bit mm. because there's numerous times where he works out who these killers are and where they are and just goes and like just like either mimics them so that he can then get some meat in his freezer or just goes and kills them just for fun and like so I don't know I don't know whether he's an anti-hero as such as just kind of doing his own thing yeah because he's also he's quite bored, isn't he, with life in the Hannibal TV show? Because he's always going to that therapist woman for the first two series. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. Right, he almost just comes across as a guy that's just kind of got nothing to do. Man, it's been a while since I've watched the Hannibal series. It's it definitely had his moments, that's for sure, though, at the very least. Yeah, I think it's like all series that gets tries to get a bit too clever for itself and maybe a bit convulted at times, bringing bringing people back that you thought were dead and yeah, strange things like that. Yeah, because there's that that because there's that girl, wasn't it? And his dad, her dad was a killer, and he takes her in. But then you think at one point he's killed her, and then I think she shows up in the season finale or something, still alive. 
Oh, does she? I don't remember that. Oh, it's, it's, it gets quite, yeah, it does get quite complicated. <laughs> but um, so I, I, I have some questions to actually ask you about the first one, actually. Um, Go for it. So, I mean, maybe I'm coming at it from a bit of a film perspective. What, what, what do you think it is about the film that kind of makes Hannibal kind of very intimidating and... I don't know, kind of scary because I, I think I think John I think Jonathan Demme's direction is very very it's very very clinical. You can tell he thought an awful lot about the shot he's choosing. Do you want to go first, Carl? Uh, yeah, can do. Uh, I think most of it probably comes from Hopkins' portrayal more than anything else. And I think it's the fact that even though it's strange, even though he's behind bars at points in the film it's just he's got this menace to him and because he's so sort of intelligent and manipulative it's almost capable of anything sort of vibe from him mm. yeah i think a lot of it comes with the science of the lens it's also as you really said the directing and the cinematography and the way that it's shot as well where you got hannibal kind of in his cell for a large portion of the movie he's always kind of either hanging out at the back or He's kind of half in shadow until something interests him. And mm. there's always the bit where uh, Jodie Foster is having to pass things through the cell, through that that big kind of one-way draw thing. I don't know what you call that thing. And uh, it, it's just the way that it comes across that you know this guy is is dangerous. But also the story is is written so well and the motivations of the characters is done so well that it's kind of that thing where you've got no choice but to ask this guy for help. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people can kind of relate to that situation where you've got no choice but to ask someone because they're kind of the only person that could do something for you. And then the way they shot it in, I don't know if it was an actual prison or where it was shot or everything, it just makes this place seem so creepy. And then you've got the other psychopaths around as well to kind of make you know that this is a nut house essentially. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he's and he's so calm, almost so calm. It's unnerving when when you see Jodie Foster walk past all the other um, inmates in this prison, and they're all completely, really off their heads outwardly. And there's Hannibal Lecter, you know, so so calm and so normal, almost. And he won't he won't help unless he gets something as well. Yeah, like Mm. he always wants something. So there, she's always, Clarice or the FBI are always having to kind of negotiate and do something for this guy who clearly knows more than he's letting on. Oh, 100%. No. And you get the impression that he knows he's going to escape eventually as well. You just get that vibe, don't you? That He's in prison, but he doesn't seem to care he's in prison. That's what I was going to say. He, he feels like he's in control. Like Every scene he's in, like he dictates the whole thing. I mean, even if he doesn't say like say much, the camera always follows all his thing. If he's looking up, the camera looks up, and you know, it emphasizes just how he has. He has. He's weirdly kind of superpowered. You know, he has. He has this incredible sense of smell, which is just incredibly creepy. Yeah, it's, it's just something very. It feels like you're. It feels like we're just living in his world, even even though he's kind of chained up. Mm. It makes him feel really powerful. I think. And Jodie Foster is Clarice as well does a great job of although she's kind of a, a badass fbi agent when she's in that environment she does a good job of feeling smaller than she is like she's 
in this presence mm. where she's almost powerless apart from the fact that she can get him what he wants she's powerless and he knows that he's he's in control as you always said he's manipulating her to get what he wants but the way the film is kind of done and the way the scenes are done it feels like she's giving up to him yeah but there's, a bit, there's an awful lot of voyeurism in that film i feel like like she, she's been stared at a lot and for most of the time she almost feels a bit like um, a victim very strangely yeah, and they do a good they do a good job because of the way where the kind of timeline where the film came out. I think it was nineteen ninety one. They do play off the fact that she is a woman as well. Mm. Like it's a very kind of obviously it's the early nineties, um, and so being a female FBI agent, that was almost she's almost looked down upon a bit because she's a woman at times, kind of in the movie. So they got that to play off as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And the fact that you can kind of do a whole kind of character assassination without even, like, properly knowing you. Yeah, because he can, was it, he can smell a perfume and other things, carney, and he, yeah, seems to be able to work out quite a lot from her just just by her appearance and stuff, which you yeah. would find, which you would find a bit unnerving. Yeah, and obviously the, the, that's where the title comes from, is her backstory that mm. she heard all these lambs getting slaughtered when she was a kid and she tried to free them or whatever. And uh, this is great. I can't do the accent, but when Auntie Hopkins is doing like his Southern American taking a piss out of her family accent, <laughs> yeah. like, your daddy and stuff like that. It's creepy when he says that. <laughs> like, the, I, forgot, I forgot about that. Actually. Oh, yeah. he makes her ask so all those yeah. horrible yeah, questions. Brilliant. And it's the way he goes, your daddy. It's like, oh, slimy old man. There's, some, there's one line in there which always just freaks me out. He's like, um, all those fumblings in the back, in the back seats. Yeah. There's diction on some of these words. It just comes across so kind of unnerving. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. And like, she, it's just, it's just two people putting on powerhouse performances that movie the entire time. I mean, everyone's amazing in it. I don't think there's a bad performance to be found in the entire thing. But it's just kind of the the script and the way it's shot to bring it back to your actual question is just it makes everything feel unnerving. Like yeah, your hair's on end the entire time when you first watch the movie. Like if you've not seen it, guys, be sure to go watch it tonight. Pause this podcast actually, go watch it, and then come back. I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, the film, the the direction, the cinematography, even the casting, everything's done to perfection i mean a, a film could be great but it can only it can just take one miscast actor in a, in a role and it it can turn what could be a great movie into you know a shite movie almost sometimes mm. it's every every part is just done so perfectly in this film yeah, yeah. and even the main villain like uh, buffalo bill like he's terrifying mm. also and it's the she puts the lotion on the skin and everything like that. It's just this is so much in the film to just be scared of. Mm. It is. It really is. Oh God, Carl, your bloody van is going off again. Jesus Christ! Get off, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing normally comes down this road, and then the one day I decided to do a bit of podcasting, two big bloody trucks go past. Jesus, come on, Carl. What? What? Can you? Can you not? You got a full during podcast room like me? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Pathetic. 
no, I, I mean, I, I forgot what I was going to say now. Bloody hell. <laughs> you threw me off my game, goddammit. To apologise. Oh, but um, yeah, br- brilliant film, and I, I think it really, um, it works really well. Yeah, I think. Any more? Any more takes or anything anyone wants to add? Well, one thing I will say, I think it's, it's really brilliant that you know the fact that it, it's worked across multiple mediums. You know, usually if you have an iconic role. You know, maybe it maybe it's works best for film, but the fact that it's also worked for TV and it's also, you know, it was originally a book and it worked really, really well. I think it kind of says a lot about it as well. Yeah, it's a great, it's a different sort of villain to the other ones that you guys have spoken about on here, where it's a villain based on really purely, although he's done some horrible and disgusting things physically, it's a he's a villain based a lot on psychology and mm. just being able to play people to get what he wants and that's the whole story in the movie Hannibal is with the other guy is that he made is it, what's his name Varga or something uh, I can't remember his name now but um he made him do things to himself Hannibal never never touched him like physically but he talked him into yeah he made him things. yeah when he was made like, him cut his out. face and stuff didn't he and yeah when he was whacked out on drugs he like convinced him to just like peel his old face off pretty much and like, which is pretty horrible but yeah it's just it's it's almost scarier than someone who's chaos personified physically as someone that can can talk you into things and make it seem like a good idea and i think that's where a lot of the creepiness comes from hannibal um but yeah they say the 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 books are great. I've not read them all, but um, the two that I've read are great. The, the movies, for the most part, are great. I think Hannibal Rising falls down a little bit um, in, in places. But no, there are definitely movies that I'm not sure I'd ever want to see done again. Because I don't think anyone other than Anthony Hopkins could, could play this role. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like to see them attempted again. I don't, I, you, there's no need for any like improved visual effects on the films or anything. So, I, apart from trying to make more money, I don't see why you, you would want to redo them. They'll get re- yeah. they'll get redone again at some point because everything does. But... So, 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 so you're saying you, you don't want Army Hammer to um, be um, Hannibal Lecter? Oh Jesus! <laughs> he already is, isn't he? Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, I mean, I guess we're coming near to the end. But I, I hear you had like a mountain of notes on this, and I, I see that you're linked. Um, and a, a journal about Hannibal Lecter. Can, can you tell me a bit more about that? About what? About the journal that you linked in the Skype chat. Oh, okay. So this is someone from uh, a uh, psychotherapist who wrote like a 15-page paper on Hannibal. Like, as uh, he's, obviously done, he's, he's obviously a fictional character, but he still broke down the psychology of why the author would have made these choices for this person and how it kind of would have like reflected and even even starting off with the name um like they believe for the most part that hannibal Lecter was named after i don't know you say a kafajian general oh yeah the, with the, the elephants yeah who i then looked up yeah with famously with an elephant <laughs> and um it's this general guy who apparently uh was called hannibal but he would win wars move more through strategy in kind of intimidation than he would actually using men like the men to his ability so it's called general just called hannibal and uh yeah kind of breaks down how his hannibal's childhood that we get to see in hannibal rising 
where his sister gets eaten by these people and how that trauma kind of led him Jesus. kind of to the path of where... Have you not seen Hannibal Rising? No, I haven't, no. Oh, Jesus, yeah. They get, like, locked in him and his sister, Misha. I don't know where that just came from, the name, but that's her name. Uh, they're, like, in the middle of World War Two, and they get trapped in their family home in the middle of this winter, and then these Nazi soldiers, like, break into the house to kind of, like, for cover because they've just lost this fight. And then in there for days, and then in the end, they cook and eat his sister right in front of him. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. It's a really good romantic comedy mm. of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I have seen it. I do, I do remember little bits of, of, of that, actually. So perhaps I, perhaps I did sort of watch it. It sounds like the most fucked up um, superhero origin story of ever. Yeah. I'm cannibal man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess he, he almost is a bit of a, like a supervillain, though, isn't he? I mean, you know, like his powers almost come from like a little bit of tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> and with this paper, like, it looks at it from different perspectives. Like, there's a whole bit in here about kind of looking at is he a paranoid schizophrenic? Like, what position would that mentality kind of change his motivations? And uh, it's an interesting read, and it's looking, it's looking at it mostly from the novels more than the films. Mm. Uh, but kind of breaking down the information you get in there about the victims that he killed, why he would have picked these people, why he then doesn't kind of go towards people like Will Graham, like Clarice Starling, why he kind of befriends them, and also um, why he why they think psychology keeps eating people um, as well, why he kind of never stops. Um, it's quite... I'll, I'll link it on the Rogue Opinions Twitter if you want to go read it. Yeah, it's only yeah, it's 15 good. pages long, but it's a pretty interesting, interesting read. It sounds very interesting. I, I didn't have time to read it before the podcast, but I think I definitely might kind of read it after this. Because it sounds, it sounds very interesting. Maybe they just taste nice. <laughs> yeah, apparently they taste like chicken, and in fairness, I love chicken, so... It's funny to be human anytime, then, you know... Don't be surprised. That's what, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, well, actually, here's an important question. Would either of you, you know, if morals aside, if it was just a random human, would you ever eat one? Uh, no, probably not. Uh, I'd like to think not, no. But like, if it's a, a scenario where it would be ethical to, I mean. No, I've got no desire to eat a person. No, I feel like it would betray. See, I'm vegetarian, so oh, I see. I'd have to go. I'd have to go. I don't, I don't know. Like, there's obviously situations where you might have I to, mean, to survive. Like, yeah, if you on a mountain or something. Yeah, I was going to say um, that might be the only sort of reason you would. Well, surely being a vegetarian is more about how the meat has been processed and how it's been treated, rather than um, actually eating the meat itself. Or, or, or is that kind of very dependent on certain people? I think everyone, everyone's got their own motivations for wanting to be kind of vegetarian. Like you hear loads of stories like kids where they just like they're just driving down. And they see like lorries on the way to like slaughterhouses and things like that, and that kind of triggers it. Mm. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. We'd have to, I'd have to email this guy and ask ask him to write a paper on the psychology of vegetarians. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I mean, 
I'll accept that neither of you really want to be um, neither neither of you want to admit the truth. So that, that that's okay. That's <laughs> what are you like? What am I like? Uh, I, I speak the truth. That's what I do. God damn it. So are we are we ready to do a normal end of pod scoring then, uh, Liam? I think that's I think it's high time. I say. Well, do you know much about our scoring system, Nathan? I did send you a picture. I mean, you sent me a it, picture of it. I don't have scores ready because um, I was too busy reading reading this paper. But uh, I, I can make I can get some together. All right. Well, I mean, me and Carl can kind of start it to. Um... If it makes you feel any better, and I guess, I guess we we can do an average of three of our scores if that works. Yeah. yeah or do you do what? You, what what do you do? You've averaged mine and Reese's last time, didn't you? To, yeah, I, I to sort of make it fair. Yeah, just stick right, with that. I'll, I'll, stick with that. I think. All right, I'll average both of yours because my opinion matters more. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and to make me feel better. All right, so fear factor, Carl. What, what, what are you feeling so far? I reckon about a nine going by everything we've talked about. He's a very scary person, isn't he? As you say, very manipulative mm. and chilling. There's something very chilling about him. Yeah, I think that's a good shout, in fairness. Um, Nathan, what are, you, what are you feeling? I think it's got to be up there as well. I think I'm going to go for a nine uh, as well. Whilst it's almost scarier because on the surface, when you're just friends, when you're just friends with him day to day, he seems like kind of a weird old rich guy mm. and then which is almost scary the fact that nobody nobody works him out like other than will graham but other than that nobody kind of figures him out and that's that's scarier because we'll say he's right in around the action like especially in the tv show he's right there when they're investigating things that he's literally did the night before yeah exactly it's, yeah it, it, and there's something very like powerful about that as well um, but I mean, a, a rich, a rich white guy who's um, does terrible things. I, I can't really relate, relate to that. <laughs> Nothing um, is scarier than a rich white guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, you know what? I, I'm I'm probably going to go for a nine as well because you never know who these people are. Um, I know they, they could be someone you're podcasting with for for Halloween. How couldn't they? <laughs> Theoretically, yeah. I, I I don't know who you could be talking about. Um, maybe Nathan has some dark past which we don't know about <laughs> <laughs> but um, complexity of character uh, this is I mean the thing that I didn't actually know much about his character before we kind of come into this but obviously it kind of is very deeply related to kind of you know his own fears which are kind of manifested into his own you know I mean you know his child is basically what like has shaped him it's, it's very Freudian Um I'm probably gonna go for an eight because he doesn't really have much like he doesn't really have much pathos, but there's all, obviously a lot going on there. What, what about you guys? Nathan, for complexity, he is he's very complex, but not compared to like other villains that you guys have spoken about already. Like uh, I think he's he's not linear though either. Like. No, I'm probably gonna go for like a seven for complexity because yeah. there's a, there's a lot of background, but there's a lot of reasons why he does what he does, and we do get to see those reasons as well, and mm. like or, or read about them, and I kind of like not understand them, but they're there, like the signs are there, and we do know that. So I'm probably gonna go for a seven. Uh, I'm gonna say an eight, I think. 
I sort of agree with you both, but yeah, there's definitely a lot going on there. Yeah, he's he's a very um he's a, he's a very complex Donny to say the least. Um, so next category, I'm gonna go with power. Um, it's a bit of a difficult one to kind of um measure, particularly compared to other villains. I mean, it's always something with kind of always power slash threats. Um, I think I'm probably gonna go for an eight. Um, yeah, I I think that's probably quite fair. I mean, he's you know he he seems like he's always in in control no matter what situation. And his mind, and obviously he's very physically dangerous as well. So I think he's, you know, he's a bit of a double threat. Um, I don't know what, what are you guys? What are you guys feeling? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have any like superpowers or super strength, but he is very manipulative, and I think there is a lot of power to to have in that. When you can sort of, like we were saying before, suggest things and make people go along with it, believing it's a good idea. So uh, yeah, I'm. I'm going to say a seven, I think. I think I'm going to put him up to like a nine for power. Cause I think in his, in the realms of his world, like he can, as you say, he can suggest people. He's very well educated. He's a doctor. He knows, even though he's not strong, uh, like physically, like maybe anti Hopkins has a lot of old man strength, but, uh, he still, he knows where to target. If it does come down to that, like in, uh, in, in Hannibal again, when he's kind of, on the rampage when the cops are kind of closing and around him a little bit in Spain, like he just, uh, or in Italy, whichever one it was, he just, he, he wipes out like three people, um, just because he's got a scalpel, like, and they don't see him coming. And, uh, he's so, and I think he's crazy powerful in his own universe. And as we said as well, even when he went to prison, he was pretty much in control the entire time. Like there was the, the guy who ran the prison, who was a bit of a loose cannon. Um, but still, he was he was all over him. Mm. Yeah, he, he, he's he's pretty mental, that's for sure. Um, so aesthetic, I think this one is actually going to be surprisingly he might score quite highly. I mean, I think of that iconic scene with the the mask on. I mean, it's it's a it's a terrifying image, and even when he's not wearing the mask and he's just wearing like you know prison clothes, I I think he's absolutely terrifying. So I think I'm probably going to go for a nine. Yeah, and even in the series, he wears these immaculate suits. He's he's, he's so well dressed, and mm. it, it really works because he's you know one of the least people, you know, the least person you'd expect to be committing these crimes. So yeah, I, I, and as you say, that um, that mask is is iconic as well, isn't it? So yeah, I, I think a nine as well, actually. Yeah, I think the mask looked with the prison clothes on that that breached just the fans of the series that's like that's right into pop culture is the mm. hannibal mask everyone knows what the hannibal mask is and they've probably not even seen like a lot of people might not have even seen the movies or read the books like they, they might have watched the series now um but the films are fairly oldish um so i think he's gonna have to go high as well and then when you just look at him in his universe you guys said the guys the guy's a well-dressed man mm. like he's a good looking boy whether he's young or old so I'm gonna to have to I'm just gonna go up to a ten, I think. Oh wow. Jesus. Calm down, mate. My god. <laughs> it's, it's the mask. The mask The mask is it for you. It's a pop. <laughs> I'm not gonna word it like that. But <laughs> We're learning a lot but, about Nathan today, lads. But, yeah, yeah. The mask is broke. It's up there with the Jason Voorhees hockey mask. Like in terms of pop culture. 
Well, Nathan does behind closed doors with these masks. It's, it's his business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, don't worry, Nathan. You're not, you're not alone. Uh, um, anyway, um, speaking of pop culture, um, what would you say his impact on pop culture is, Nathan? It's been massive, hasn't it? It's been pretty massive, uh, especially with the TV series kind of breathing new life into the character with the excellent portrayal of Mads Mikkelsen and like the Anthony Hopkins movies, they're going to live forever. And the books as well, everyone knows Hannibal the Cannibal. Mm. And so I don't know. Obviously, it's not up there with the Joker or kind of a Darth Vader. Um, but in terms of horror, especially, the character's going to live forever. So I think I'm going to give it, I think I'd give him an eight. Yeah, I think, think that's fair enough. Yeah, I think a nine. I, I don't think he's far behind the likes of a Joker or Darth Vader, to be honest. I mean, he's synonymous with the movie. Yeah. As you say, he's not even supposed to be the main um, villain in Silence of the Lambs, but he's the one you remember most from that film, despite everything else. So, when you say that the box, I think he stood the test of time and he'll continue to stand the test of time as a pop culture icon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I think I'm probably, I think I'm probably going to go for a nine because I mean, in terms of you know rich kind of crazy white villains, you're you're relating a lot to this, aren't you, Liam? No, I, I, <laughs> I can I'm see just... a kinship. <laughs> he, he's an icon of mine, you know. He's I I relate to him. You know, he's he's very relatable. I think. Um, I mean, Nathan. I mean, once a postman's delivered to Liam's house, they they they're never seen again. Bizarrely. I, I think it's just coincidental. I think it's just yeah. coincidental. I think it's to get lost in the grounds. Yeah, but who has who, who orders fava beans in bulk though? I don't. I don't get it. The um... uh, fava beans are actually a great source of fiber. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you know, whenever I think of Hannibal, I, I do always think of Hannibal Lecter. And um, whenever I, you know, whenever I think of um, rich white villains, besides me, I do think of um, I do think of Hannibal. So, um, I mean, he's definitely had um, an impact. And he, even if you don't know the books, I think you know the name, which I think says a lot. Mm. So, um, exactly. We, we, so this, maybe surprisingly, maybe not, he scored very, very highly in our, in our ranking system. Um, we, 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 where, do you think he, where do you think he is? I think he's gone to the top, you know. It's a pretty high average, yeah. I think he's going to be top or second. He is, in fact, third. Oh, oh third. Yeah, third. I thought, wow, I thought he might have gone to the top with such a high score in there, but he, he's just two points behind the Joker. Ironically, <sighs> sneaky Joker. Yeah, but I mean, um, I mean, I mean. So, what was his actual score out of a hundred? Uh... I believe uh, I could be wrong, but he's eighty-five point five. Oh uh, no, Hannibal! We didn't do any point five, so oh, unless it's the way you've. Joker has um uh, um 87.5. Uh, yeah, no, but I remember doing a half score for that, but obviously it's the way you've rounded it up. So, I'll, oh, okay. I'll well, trust we... you because I don't do maths, so I'll trust you. Fair enough. Well, we we can decide to round it up at a later date if we so decide. Um, <laughs> but so far he's in third place, two points behind Joker, and Vader's still at top of 92. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be hard to shake him off there. So he got a few tens, isn't he, Vader? So I suppose that's what's keeping him 
bloody mm. Star Wars. We, we might have even been a bit, a bit too uh, maestro in, in, in all honesty. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, I, I mean, I think the only person who's top Vader at this point is probably me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think, I think when we get around to Dracula, that, that, that he'll have a shout. Yeah, Dracula, and if we ever get around to Big Brother, if I can bloody convince you. Then, um, yeah, who, who knows? Big Brother. Yeah, I, I think he could be up there. I don't know. It, yeah, I mentioned hard. once, he's not keen on it, and he'll talk me out of it, and then he'll come around with Big Brother that's... I, I don't really know if it'll work, but that's that's a discussion for another day. Yeah. Nathan, I, I, I mean, Carl, you you know I never say no to anything, so <laughs> I, I've always said yes to anything that you've. Said. Oh God, <laughs> you, you'll have to edit this bit out, Nathan. <laughs> no, damn it. <laughs> Would you like to do your plugs, Nathan? Uh, yeah, sure. You can find me at Nathan Greenaway on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to me weekly talking about. Uh, football if you want over at Project Dits it's at Project D-I-T-S every week on Plus Added Time got my other comedy scripted podcast That Ain't Sport got a new episode coming April 9th you can find that at That Ain't Sport on Twitter or That Ain't Sport wherever you listen to your podcasts otherwise guys this was great yeah brilliant Liam mm-hmm. you got any you got any yes uh, I have blogs um, in honour of um in honour of Science for Lambs, I'm actually going to um, plug a moisturiser. Um, <laughs> so on Twitter, you can find um, La Prairie, Priory, Priory. You can find La Priory at la underscore p r a i r i e. You can find me at Carlos underscore fire eighty on Twitter and Instagram. You can. Find us at Rogue underscore Opinions on Twitter and Instagram. You can listen to other pods me and Liam do, like Bantam Munich. For now. Uh, for now, yes, <laughs> for now. There's also the Mandalorian pod that uh, I'm currently doing with Scott uh, and Reese, perhaps. And, um, yeah, loads of other stuff. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, um iTunes, anywhere else that were available, Nathan, that springs to mind? Oh, Pod Addict, uh, Deezer, I think. Oh, I don't know. It's been a while most, since I've checked it. Yeah, most podcasts. If you're uh, listening to us already, just find us wherever you're listening to us. Yeah, exactly. Whatever app you've got <laughs> downloaded, just don't delete it. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's it. Over and out. Goodbye from me. Goodbye, lads. Stay moisturized.